Mr. Crowley will see you now. Part 3 of the Taboo Romances series. Written by Angel Snuffbox and read by Literarian. Summary Sparks fly instantly when Aziraphale, conducting an interview on behalf of his sick roommate, meets the young, unfairly hot CEO Anthony J. Crowley. Truthfully, it's a miracle that Crowley even bothered to glance his way. But as their relationship grows, Aziraphale can't help noticing there seems to be more to being with him than there is in the usual dating scene. Chapter 1 Aziraphale tugged at the hem of his waistcoat for what was probably the eighth time since he'd set foot in the building. The glass-embedded structure of Crowley Enterprises must have been trying to compensate for something, because that lift ride was a long way up. He stepped off the lift when the cold metal door slid open and gave a courteous nod over at the two ladies manning the reception desk. Um, hello! he said, his wide, winning smile fixed in place. It was a smile that he wielded at the ready, for it always seemed to get people to trust him easily. I'm here for the 315 appointment with Mr. Anthony Crowley. One of the receptionists glanced down at her laptop, humming as her red nails skimmed over the slim keyboard. Aziraphale couldn't help thinking back to the bygone era of the bulky box-like computers from his childhood. How one managed to fit those contraptions into metal cases no thicker than a file folder was beyond him. The receptionist perked up when she got to one cell of the spreadsheet. Yes, Mr. Pulsifer, is it? I'll inform him of your arrival. No, actually. Mr. Pulsifer is sick with the flu. I'm just... He trailed off into an awkward mumble. The receptionist didn't bother to listen to the rest of his speech, already turning away in the direction of a grand set of double doors down the end of the short hallway. Aziraphale gave a polite smile to the other woman by the desk, hunched over the phone and texting at breakneck speed. Her suit was an unfriendly steel grey, perfectly fitted to her frame and matching the coldness of her icy stare. Her hair was tied up into a high ponytail and there was not a stray mark of makeup on her face. She acknowledged Aziraphale with a mere tip of her head, then resumed texting. All around him were sharp angles, boxes of thinly framed glass windows, floors and ceilings painted in the colour of concrete. For a reception area, it looked not the least bit welcoming. There was a smattering of plants in some corners, but truth be told, they didn't look very happy to be there either. 
Aziraphale gnawed on his bottom lip, feeling very out of place in his comfy brown waistcoat and tartan bow tie. It was the nicest thing he could put together on such short notice. He was beginning to wonder how long he would have to stay out here when the first woman returned, nearly a head taller than him in her crimson red stilettos. Her lips stretched elegantly into a close-lipped smile, hands clasped in front as she spoke. Mr. Pulsifer, she said, inclining her head in the direction of the office behind her. Mr. Crowley will see you now. Aziraphale held a strap of his satchel closer to his chest, unsteady feet moving him forward. I am... Um, I'm not Mr. Pulsifer, I'm... Mr. Crowley is in a bit of a hurry. If you could make this quick. Aziraphale nodded, trying to say thank you, but ending up mumbling uselessly instead. She held the door open for him, and he stepped through. The other side of the room was lined with floor-to-ceiling windows, the blinds only partially covering them. All the breath was knocked out of his lungs when he spotted a tall figure standing by a gleaming red desk, hip-perched on one edge. Anthony J. Crowley, CEO of Crowley Enterprises. He was a lot younger than Aziraphale had been expecting, and he was taken entirely by surprise. Surely this man standing before him couldn't have been older than thirty. Even so, his dark brown eyes scanned Aziraphale with such determined scrutiny that he could easily intimidate anyone in a room. Auburn hair, tousled to artistic perfection, burned almost orange against the afternoon sun. The all-black suit and tie that he wore fit him like a glove, tailored to the finest lines and sharp angles of him. Aziraphale didn't realize he'd been gawking until the door slammed shut behind him and he let out a startled yelp jumping an inch forward on the floor. Mr. Newton Pulsifer. The man's long strides carried him easily in front of Aziraphale, where he extended a hand. Good afternoon. Aziraphale could feel himself burning all the way to the tips of his ears. Tentatively, he clasped Crowley's hand and gave it a firm shake. Good afternoon, Mr. Crowley. Oh, but I'm not. Just Crowley, please. Do have a seat. Crowley swiftly turned away and waved a hand towards one of the two black leather chairs framing the desk. He set himself down on the other one, legs crossed. The urge to obey overtook Aziraphale so completely. He couldn't find a reason for it. Crowley simply seemed to have an air of command about him that made it clear that he was not used to being made to wait. He simply expected things to be done. 
Aziraphale walked over to the other seat, facing Crowley, and gingerly placed himself on it. I understand from your mail that you are about to graduate soon, Crowley said, his chin tipping upwards. We have an internship program that you might be interested in applying for, if you haven't got anything else on. Aziraphale's mouth hung open, confused for a few seconds as he lost himself in the very interesting rows of lines above Crowley's brows. He recovered quickly, clearing his throat and attempting to summon even just a shred of confidence. Oh, I'm not Newton Pulsifer, he said, somewhat quietly. He couldn't make it today. I am only filling in. At this, Crowley's expression shifted, eyes sparking with interest while he leaned forward on his seat. There was something slow and distinct in the way he moved. A tinge of sinister charm, almost like a snake. Aziraphale wasn't sure if he'd already managed to get rid of his blush, because having Crowley relentlessly staring at him made him fluster pathetically. He gave himself a mental chiding. It doesn't matter how unexpectedly young and hot he is. Act professionally. Besides, he's probably straight. Then who are you? Aziraphale managed a smile. This was a question he could answer very easily. Aziraphale fell. I'm Newt's roommate. And you are also studying journalism? He shook his head, suddenly feeling a little foolish for interviewing such a high-profile person without even having the proper background for it. To distract himself, he reached into his satchel and grabbed his notebook and pencil, gnawing on the corner of his bottom lip as he did so. Then what do you study? Aziraphale's head whipped up at the sudden question, not entirely sure why Crowley would be interested in knowing anything about him. English literature, he said, barely tamping down the slightest urge to tack a sir at the end of his reply. I don't graduate until next year. I see. He glanced down at Newt's list of questions, eager to get this encounter over with so he could roll away the tension pooling in his shoulders. And maybe also get a massage. Only think of those beautiful, long, skillful fingers digging into the knots of your back. He hurriedly cleared his throat. Ahem. Shall we begin with the interview? Crowley gave a vague hand gesture that could only be interpreted as a flippant, if we must. Aziraphale took a deep breath trying to calm his racing pulse as he set up the recorder and turned it on. He began to read from the list, his words rushed and half-mumbled. You are one of the most accomplished CEOs under 30 in all of Europe. 
In the few years you've been working, you've managed to build an empire. To what? To what do I owe my success? Aziraphale pressed his lips together and glanced up at him. Well, yes. He couldn't decide whether he was more impressed or annoyed. Let's just say that I know people, Crowley said, tilting his head as if in thought, though his eyes never left Aziraphale. I understand how they work and what they need to hear in order to get things done. So you like to boss people around? Aziraphale couldn't help asking. If that's what you call it. But really, it's a lot more than that. It's about efficiency in the modern age, especially in the tech world. You don't get by with one-on-one -on -one convincing anymore. You need to always think big. See what all the trends are and sway the masses towards that even more. It's a really fast-pacing thing that requires a lot of concentration and so much more than just bossing people around, Mr. Fell. I like things done a certain way and I guess that's what made me successful. Call me Aziraphel, please. For a moment, he forgot the list of questions in his hand and said, So, you're a control freak? The corner of Crowley's sharp mouth rode up high into a smirk, mischief painted on his enchanting eyes. I exercise control in many things, Mr. Fell. Aziraphale's heart stuttered a beat, though he wasn't sure what made that happen. Suddenly, he couldn't stand to stare at Crowley any longer. He dropped his eyes back to his notebook, mumbling, Just Aziraphale, please. Next question. Your company is associated with a lot of charity work supporting various causes, though mostly centered around child education. Is this an issue that you feel to be particularly close to your heart? Crowley leaned back on his seat, long fingers steepled under his chin. I don't normally attend to such matters myself. I have someone who heads those initiatives. Aziraphale couldn't help raising a brow of judgment at this. Crowley only smirked. But if you really want something interesting to put on your school paper, feel free to make up any reason you want. Good press either way, isn't that what they say? Aziraphale took a moment to ponder on the strange answer, surprised at how candid he was being. His brows furrowed as he absent-mindedly chewed at the tip of his pencil, swiping up the rubber to the corner of his mouth. Across him, Crowley shifted slightly in his seat. He scribbled down a few notes, because it felt like it was what he should be doing. Don't you have any interesting questions? Crowley said, interrupting his quiet note-taking. I'm not quite sure I know what you mean. There's gotta be something. 
Come on, look at that list of yours and give me something exciting for once. Puzzled, Aziraphale sifted through the list and scanned for something a bit out of the ordinary. He had to flip to the next page to do so, his pulse quickening as he felt the full weight of Crowley's eyes on him once more. Let's see. Oh, um... Yes, that's good. A hot flush rose to his cheeks as he noted how deep and gravelly Crowley's voice had gotten. What was he even being praised for? Reading a bunch of words? Unable to bear the tension-filled silence a second longer, he settled on the first item that caught his eye and began to read. For someone whose name must be plastered all over technological devices across the country, you sure tend to keep away from the public eye. Would you consider yourself morally gay? Crowley's brows rose up. I'm sorry. Aziraphale gaped, staring at him with wide eyes. Ah, uh, it was written on the list. That is, I think you meant grey. Aziraphale all but yelled, cheeks aflame once more and threatening to melt him into a puddle in his seat. Hands shaking, he scoured through the list again and cursed Newt's illegible handwriting. I, I meant, would you consider yourself morally grey, sir? He ended on a downright humiliating squeak. Now that is an interesting question, Mr. Fell. Aziraphale, please. And to that I say, aren't we all at least a little bit on the grey side? We find comfort in thinking that everything must always be black or white. That everyone has to be on one side or the other. But humanity is far more complex than that, wouldn't you agree? And between you and me, it's much more fun playing around on the different shades of grey than choosing just one and sticking with that. Aziraphale couldn't help but to be stunned at his answer. Then again, it shouldn't have been a surprise that Crowley was clever. It was unlikely that he'd have reached his current position if he weren't. I agree, he found himself saying, unable to keep looking into those intense brown eyes. You make quite a point. And as for your other question... What other question? Crowley scooted himself on the very edge of his seat, long legs spreading just a tad wider. Aziraphale swallowed around his suddenly dry throat, resisting the urge to glance down at his lap. If I am, as you say, morally gay... He tilted his head, seemingly shameless in the way he drank in the sight of Aziraphale. 
he spoke in a low rumble that sent fire in Aziraphale's stomach. I tend to like all pretty things. What packaging they come in doesn't matter as much. Aziraphale chewed on his lip, his breathing coming hard and gusting warm air over his shaking hands. Thank you for the clarification. Is there anything else I could clarify for you? Aziraphale's automatic response was to run his eyes through the list. Enough of that, Crowley said all of a sudden, his tone of command sending a frisson of heat down his limbs. Aziraphale dropped the notebook onto his lap. I want to know more about you, he resumed. Tell me about yourself. Aziraphale blinked in confusion. Why? Crowley shrugged. You're interesting and I don't know much about you. I like interesting people. There's really not much to know. Aziraphale subtly tugged on his collar to relieve some of the heat sticking to the column of his neck. You said you're studying literature. Who was it? Jane Austen, Charles Dickens or Thomas Hardy that made you fall in love with the written word? Struck by the arrogance in his tone, Aziraphale felt a spark of defiance rise up his spine. Rung on all accounts, he said, smiling smugly. It was Oscar Wilde. Crowley did not look the least bit annoyed. Instead, a smile appeared on his handsome face, friendly and with just a hint of danger that Aziraphale was immediately drawn to. I'd have guessed Jane Austen. This time, Aziraphale held his gaze. He reached over to turn off the recorder just as a knock came at the door. The receptionist appeared shortly after. Your next appointment is here, Mr. Crowley. Right, yeah. Crowley waved her off without so much as a glance. He rose from his seat, smoothing the edges of his blazer down his taut stomach. Aziraphale rose as well. I'm afraid our time is up, Aziraphale. No, it's fine. I'm quite satisfied with these answers. We barely even got to talk, though. Honestly, it's only for the school paper. I doubt even Newt would have... Crowley reached into the pocket of his coat to retrieve a small cart pinched between two incredibly long fingers. Goodness, was there anything about this man that didn't scream sexy? If you happen to have any other questions, don't be shy to contact me. This is very kind of you, but entirely unnecessary. I'm sure you'd... No, please. I'd like you to have it, just in case. Wordlessly, Aziraphale reached out and took the card. 
His breathing stuttered when Crowley's finger lifted slightly, trapping his own for a fraction of a moment. The smooth glide as they pulled back sent warmth skittering up his arm. His eyes flicked up to Crowley's face. Crowley winked. Oh, God, he could not just be imagining this. Let me walk you out. Flustered, Aziraphale beamed shyly and nodded. He turned towards the door, stifling a gasp when he felt a warm hand press into his lower back. This close, he could almost get a whiff of Crowley's cologne. Oh, he was incredibly smitten. So inevitably doomed for this man. He was instantly disheartened when they reached the door and Haziraphale emerged back into the concrete-lined hallway. He glanced back at Crowley, wondering if he would ever get to see him again. Aziraphale had his number, but would he be brave enough to cool him? One hand curled on the edge of the door, Crowley gave him one last sweeping look. Aziraphale. Crowley. A playful grin crept up Crowley's face mere moments before the door shut between the two of them.